the future of photography. Hey and welcome back to the Future of Photography. My name is Chris Marquardt and with me are Adrian Jeremiah and Imar. How are you guys doing? Oh good. Good. We're good. doing okay, yes. Yep. We're all together. Good, thank wow. you. Fantastic. Yep. We are all back together and uh, we have an episode for you which I'm completely unprepared for. So I will, <laughs> I'll probably <laughs> let Jeremiah take this one. Um, you suggested it, so um, help me, help me. Uh, we're going to do an episode on clarity versus grit, or grit versus clarity. And um, we're going to discuss the technical implications of shooting pictures that are incredibly sharp versus pictures that have a lot of kind of soulfulness, grit, and less kind of nuance in terms of their um, their tonal range, whether they be color or black and white, and how that affects our viewing and our emotional response to those things, um, as well as how to kind of fake it uh, in terms of te technological applications that allow one to kind of create um, images that appear sharper uh, or less, um, how to apply grain or not. And um, these are things that, that I think drive um, a lot of uh, innovation in terms of software to emulate films. And also, uh, they drive a lot of technology and how do we get sharper, um, more uh, accurate uh, photographs from the lens makers and the uh, system makers call it. Um, so I, I thought that would be a nice uh, discussion since it drives towards the future, which is how much uh, innovation uh, is going to drive our aesthetic um, in terms of these two subjects. And um, I've chosen a few photographers, two in particular, who exemplify both aspects. Uh, Gursky, who works large format, very, very sharp, huge pictures. And uh, Dato Moriyama, who does uh, more gritty, almost nat naturally lit, very grainy and very dynamic, both very well-known photographers. And uh, there will be a link to their work uh, on our show notes. So um, that's where I thought we would drive this episode. All right. Shall I kick it off? Well, go for it. Go for it. I think I have. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I, think, yeah, I think you have, actually. I, uh, it's, it's an interesting conversation just in general, I think, for me, um, because I, I'm, I'm not somebody who is overly keen on excessive sharpness. I, I, so sometimes I find that either uh, if I notice it too much, then clear, I, I have a, a gut feeling that the content of the image isn't isn't strong enough. <laughs> um, but also, I don't, I don't know. It just seems I don't like it when it gets into that hyper real you know, state. Um, you know, it, it, I, I've I've struggled with uh, all along with the whole concept of four K television. Um, I don't see. Yeah. I, I really don't see the point. Um, you know, I have, I have a. a I'm very fortunate I have a decent sized television. I think it's a 50 inch. So uh, it's a few years old and it's a 1080p television and it's everything I would want it to be. Think, think of all the Ks you're missing though. 
I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, but uh, content uh, begins with a C, though, Jeremiah. Not, <laughs> not, a, not a K. <laughs> some, some people would disagree. Not me. I, I agree with you. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, just as a sidebar, in, um, in filmmaking, uh, once we've kind of uh, pushed ourselves into shooting uh, 4K, 6K, and even 8K, um, and, and we shoot 8K because there's a lot of reduction uh, later in terms of the um, special effects and, and um, matte combinations, more technical than we need to kind of go into here. But uh, one of the big problems in shooting so sharp is it's, it's very cruel uh, in terms of uh, lighting and detail. Uh, one almost sees too much in terms of skin, pores, all the rest of it. So aesthetically... We're always trying to kind of degrade that or make it a little more, quote, filmic, cinematic, um, textured. Uh, that, that becomes a kind of reverse problem of the way it used to be in, say, the 70s when we're shooting kind of film on 70, um, I mean, on 16 millimeter and then kind of blowing it up and, and trying to get rid of grain or, or deprocessing grain. So, uh, as, as our aesthetic kind of, um, uh, gets more uh, used to uh, a, a a connection with uh, existing film. And of course, Adrian, we know where your biases uh, are in terms of that filmic quality. Um, digital work can appear very cold, just like sound recording when people started to record uh, digitally. And there was a, a, a lot of controversy about the kind of coldness of CDs versus the warmth of of um, vinyl, which still goes on. And, uh, you know, one could have that same conversation in terms of how we feel. And, and I underline feel about looking at images that are very, very sharp and very, very uh, large, uh, or, or not even necessarily large, like you look at an Ansel Adams shot, which appears very, very sharp. And you look at a kind of, uh, you know, pick your street photographer. I mean, I just picked Edo Moriyama um, with a lot of texture and grit. And what are, you know, what are your emotional responses to both kinds of aesthetics? Not, not necessarily with the images that you take, but how you, how you respond to images that others take. Uh, b before we go to that side of things, I, I want to just throw in one thing and that I, I often get the question um, about how to make images sharper. People seem to want sharper images, um, at least a certain type of photographer. And I have in the past at least 10 times received uh, a question from someone about a specific image that I had online and why it was so sharp. And uh, when I then take to a closer look at that specific image, uh, usually it turns out it's not really that sharp. It's not really that spectacular when you look at it in detail. Um, and it turns out most of the time it's just a perception of sharpness, which uh, mostly comes from the way the photo is lit and the way the contrasts are in the photo. Mm -hmm. So people people seem to... Um, to, ha to to not understand that sharpness and contrast are pretty much the same thing and the detail sharpness is by far not as important as you would think yeah to that end like lightroom for example uh this year added a uh, a texture control that it, that um 
creates that very, very illusion because what it does is it creates a heightened contrast in the kind of smaller um, details. So local that, contrast enhancement. It, either, yes, and, and, and that appears to be sharper. Also, we know that in looking at a picture small, whether it's Instagram or even on our screens, uh, images can appear sharper um, than than they really, really are when they're mm -hmm. printed uh, on a a highly absorbent paper, uh, you know, say a photo rag paper. Uh, they the ink is absorbed um, uh, more than uh, printed on, say, a gloss or a coated paper, or even a burrito paper, and and they will same image will have uh, significant differences in how you're perceived, whether how it's perceived. So you look at one image on a phone, another on a screen, another one on your television, another one on a, uh, a contrasty uh, coated paper, another one on an absorbent paper, uh, each in various sizes. The image has a very, very different effect on the viewer. So it's, it's mm -hmm. a conglomerate of, of a lot of different things here, I guess. Uh, it's the medium you output, you, you, you put it out on. It's, uh, it's, it's the way it's lit. It's the detail that the lens can deliver so it's it's not just one factor that goes into right. how sharpness mm. is perceived and i i also think that the the kind of bokeh of it all and and i i've listed a a um a petapixel article article so that any of us can rent uh, one of stanley kubrick's lenses that was a 0.7 um f-stop uh, that he bought from nasa uh in order to shoot Barry Lyndon under candlelight. And, and there's the, the movie. Yeah. And while that doesn't appear super sharp, it is quite uh, effective in terms of contrast. Um, it's a, um, a focus puller's nightmare when you're <laughs> working that uh, <laughs> open, because especially if people are moving. Mm. Uh, but the end result is absolutely spectacular to have a very, very sharp piece of glass wide open so everything falls away. Uh, soft. It's and also that's what gives it that kind of painterly look about it, I suppose, as well, is it? it right. The, the, that yeah. extra bit of movement. It was also, by the way, uh, a little bit of trivia. It was also an actor's nightmare because, uh, from what I've seen, <laughs> or from, from what I've read, is that when they shot these scenes with that lens wide open, the actors had to learn to only move sideways so they would always stay in focus. <laughs> That, that that is absolutely correct. Yeah, that, that, some that, of it was filmed. That's the really basic skill for actors, I think. Crab actors, yeah. Which which was which was the way that Zoolander could turn? He could only turn left or right. I can't remember which way it was. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 there's some there's some interesting thoughts here because you know for for me uh, I think there's you know the, the the sharpness is is a technique thing and a craft thing and 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 a very valid you know thing to focus on but but for me there's there's a whole thing about intent in image making um mm. uh or, or or just if you want to be you know follow the the lomographic philosophy just just simply letting go you know, it's you know, it's uh, it's in it's interesting to to see how things yeah you know, that go to sort of turn and turn about, isn't it? As you said, Jeremy, there was a time in the past when you'd be focusing on getting rid of grain and trying to increase sharpness. Uh, we went through the early days of of digital technology where um you know that even that was i guess still part of the the equation and now everything is so sharp and there there's so much detail 
um, that uh, Fuji, my, my brand of choice for, for cameras, Fuji are now, uh, add, they add a grain effect. So as part of their JPEG rendering engine built into the cameras, you can add varying amounts of grain to taste. Uh, which is it, which is is an interesting thing isn't it because every you know on one hand you've got the everybody saying my lens is the sharpest lens ever and <laughs> and, and you know and and then you've also is that it is that it's become that uber sharp thing has become and more and more detail has become the new normal because of the tvs and the 4k is, is it the new normal i've I, I don't know i well not to me but like is that why people become a little obsessed with it maybe well, I think it might I, be, I, yeah. Especially at the, it, especially at the capture. I suppose you get I mean, used you know, if you, to if you're making videos. You got one now. of those 4K tellies as well, and you you get used to watching that, and that's your normal. Then is it weird to just <laughs> look at a normal TV? <laughs> well, I I I'll, I'll I would say that when I watch a sporting event um, at 4K on on my 4K TV. Uh, it's the clarity of it, being able to at least uh, perceive the grains, uh, you know, the grass uh, under the players, um, to see the the ball sharp as it's thrown or kicked. That's really pretty amazing. I, I mean, I, I'm very, very into that. And yet, if I watch a drama, I, I highly object the the over sharp imagery. I, I I want it to have. I want to see the. I want to feel the fingerprints on it. Mm. Um, so I think, uh, as it, Adrian me, said, the intent of it is important. Let me ask mm. a question though. Uh, is that because you you've been ingrained with the look of film because you've grown up with it because that's what you've done for the, for a very long time. Um, and is is now do, do we now have a new generation growing up that will be almost put off by twenty four frames per second grainy film material? Are you asking me? Yes, I am. Um, um, I, I think that has a lot to do with it. I, I I do believe that that those of us who quote came of age uh, with film with grain with texture. Um, really felt as digital technology started to emerge and got better, quote, better and better, that uh, there was a interregnum, a, a period in between of kind of when you made the leap from analog to digital, as, as we did in film. Um, sometimes we led the charge, and then finally the charge was pushed on us, those that didn't adapt, uh, by way of personal experience. I did a mini-series here called The Bronx is Burning, based on a, um, a, a historical kind of nonfiction book about a season with the New York Yankees that was very much a Greek tragedy. And the, the network allowed uh, me, as a producing director, to, to just choose whatever format I wanted. And um, I chose, just because of the challenges, to shoot this in a 4K video. This is in, oh, it's going back at least 10 years or more. So 4K video was very unusual. 
uh, the amount of processing power and engineering we needed. And we couldn't roll the cameras from the camera themselves. They had to be rolled in a or, or activated by a, a digital technologist in a tent. It was very, very, very complicated. The shooting was a nightmare. But the um, the end result was so beautiful and so sharp and allowed me in post to address, uh, to degrade or not as much as I wanted because I integrated it with a lot of stock footage shot in the 70s. And I wanted the ability of taking the sharp images and degrading them and making them appear to be um, shot on kind of bad beta video. Um, then and then kind of move into a more modern aesthetic. So it was technically very, very challenging. I but versatile. It allowed you to be a lot more versatile with the stuff you had, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I want. So, I wonder if if I think I think I want to ask this question to the younger listeners out there because all four of us have grown up with film and with that aesthetic. So I I wonder what uh, what someone in their 20s thinks about this or maybe in the 30s uh, if if that is a thing that that feeling of okay is is this just is this just uh boomers talking about film <laughs> no, i don't think so because you look at the amount of uh, of apps that are emulating That's true. Um, film technology there's billions of them and uh i i dare say they they were not created by boomers most of them it's true yep. so good point good point, um, good point. I, it's it's into it is a, a, an interesting thing i wonder whether if if i think about how younger people than me which is most people these days uh consume media <laughs> uh then then mo mostly i see it consumed uh on small devices so the 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 number of pixels that are being displayed on a five inch phone is is moot isn't it um at this point uh, -huh. uh the the interesting thing that i find is is more the frame rate you know uh, taking us off topic a little bit because we're talking about clarity versus grit but what make what makes my head hurt um, and makes all my all my skin crawl is is a 60 frames per second video <laughs> oh my, me too <laughs> yeah I that, that I, really I can bear, i can't unnatural. bear no, I can't. I, I, I can't bear it. Can't and, bear it. And and but but yet, of course, pretty much every handheld device these days natively works at sixty p, doesn't it? So, so you you've got a. I, th I think there's a big difference there. I don't know about the pixels. I mean, having said that, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, my kids they 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 do watch a, a proper television as well. Um, they don't seem particularly to to worry a, a, about the the quality of the image. Or really about the quality of the audio, which is so so, but but maybe they're just a little bit too young for that, and they haven't yeah you know, they haven't found found their preferences. <laughs> there was a daddy, daddy. We don't. We are objecting to the pixel density of our screen. <laughs> well, there's a little. There's, there's just, so there there is there is some objections. I mean, yeah. So that that I get from when I try and set them up so that things are nice or 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 are well lit actually. So so yeah. It's like why are you bothering with all these lights? We can see. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> but but we could do so much better with the lighting, <laughs> couldn't we all? <laughs> can, can I ask uh, you all, you guys, a, a question about your personal uh, setup on television? Um, are when you buy a new television, um, the settings tend to be. Um, I forget what they call it, but but it, it it is set up to to make every movie look like a soap opera. Yeah. Um, 
Yes. Uh, yeah, I switch all of that. Without up. any. Yeah, exactly. But but we, uh, I'm sure we who object to that go in and actually quote degrade our um, our image because the uh, the television is basically upresing. And you know, it's not really the proper term, but it, the effect is that it's making it appear quote sharper than it was when it was filmed. Why so they do I don't that? have that I, problem because I tend to so so almost everything we watch is streamed um and it's all pretty much streamed at 1080 and that is what our television ah, okay. is so we don't have any 4k screens i think the the highest number of pixels we have it, it, it on anything is probably on a, a computer screen of some sort and even that would only be about two and a half k i expect is 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 yeah. the uh is the biggest screen that we've got i don't yeah we don't even have you know big computer monitors or anything like that mm. uh, you know so so we don't we don't see it we don't miss it um uh -huh. and I, when i watch our big television i don't i don't feel i'm missing anything and when i've been to the shop and i've seen 4k displays i know that it, even if they're turned to a you know not to their demo level uh, i it still just is too much for me it's too much <laughs> i've got like a 15 year old sony bravia telly and it's just those are good televisions. Uh, it's it's brilliant. It's reliable. It's nothing wrong with it, and that's what, it. Never gets turned on except maybe to watch a movie on. But if I'll, I was I'll to say what my best screen was, it's probably on the the Mac. The screens, the um, I'm laptop very screen. sensitive. I'm very sensitive to it because uh, often uh, if I am watching a television show. Uh, that I directed on broadcast or streamed, uh, I wanted to look exactly the way it was when mm. I shot it. And that mm. used to be a big problem. But with a 4K TV, uh, and we remember, we, we put a lot of effort into kind of creating grain or grit or using filters or softening uh, mid or, or skin tone, whatever we do to to create a filmic presentation and when i when i see it on a 4k tv looking exactly the way it was intended that makes me feel much better than uh when i don't then i'm angry That's <laughs> so that i we, get we so I, take for granted when we're watching things on tv that somebody somebody actually but you know what i mean you just when you're watching something, you don't um, you're not really considering like you, Jeremiah, uh, and your vision or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I, can, I do. I can see. I think I sense what you mean from the consumer end, though, Jeremiah. I mm. mean, we are we are newly subscribed to the Disney Plus service, which mm. I have very mixed feelings. <laughs> you about. strange people, mm. you. We I don't, I don't I haven't had a TV in fifteen years, and I consume my stuff on either a five K monitor that I'm sitting in front of right now is an iMac or on a t tiny smartphone screen or maybe an iPad but uh, I haven't really had a television so I've, I don't even really know what you're talking about I know there's this soap <laughs> opera effect there's this upraising <laughs> yeah. and there's there's the it's, frame rate boosting and whatever but uh, I, uh, I, I have yeah. friends that have one of those big curved you know the kind of curved screen thing I oh don't even know what you're talking oh, about they're weird oh weird it is it makes don't me dizzy like everything don't like just it. don't even like to oh. think about it <laughs> it's just bizarre but like you know and you're going in and, and like there is maybe a soap opera and you're going this is wrong i can see yeah. the, the, the why it might be good for a film but oh there's one you know, more there's one more place i consume media and that is inside the oculus quest in vr which is not good in terms of resolution but you can <laughs> you can sit in a cinema in a big big cinema 
wherever you want and watch a movie on a big screen. And that is quite that something. Is... Wow. We just, just, I'm going to drag us, try and drag us kicking the screen cinema. back to the subject for the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, good, because the, I was going to try that as well. Cause, cause, ahead, so, so, uh, so I think what, what, what I'm hearing from all of this, and everybody's got their own valid points of view, but what I'm hearing is, is that, that uh, actually there's, there's a very mixed bag of responses at the consumption end of this about, you know, about sharpness or clarity versus grit. Um, and we've talked a lot more about moving images than we have about stills, actually, which is interesting as well. But I can understand why at the capture end, you you would want as much detail as possible. Even yeah, e yeah even if it's only for a YouTube video and you just want to be able mm. to punch in to get a different change of shot because you don't own sufficient number of cameras to make it interesting. Yeah, it's it's it, I can see why that's important. Um, I, I really can. Um, but, you know, and, and I can see I, I like actually, Jeremiah, what you were saying about being able to see it more easily in broadcast mode. Get, you know, get your intent across. We watched uh, the reason I mentioned the Disney Plus channel is because we watched what did we watch off that the other day? Family movie. Oh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Shot in about 1989 <laughs> yeah. or something uh, like that. How does it um, look? Interesting. It looks it looks um it looks very dated, uh, but yeah, not in a yeah. bad way. It is just yeah. of its time. And you would say this for a lot of movies shot around that time. Um, uh, and when, not long ago, less than a year ago, I rewatched Fargo as well, which was um, which which had a similar visual impact on me in the sense that actually what you're seeing is everything is very evenly lit. And there's a, there's very little dynamic range in terms of you know light and dark and contrast and things like that. Um, whereas right now you can with the the effectiveness of the screens that we all have you can be you can explore much more dynamic range and you have much more dark and much more light and things and i think the the art of making television or or movies uh, yeah uh, and movies i guess has has uh, evolved to take advantage of some of that technology at least that that's how i perceive it from the consumer end so so at that point sharpness or clarity is is a good option i think at the the capture end um although having said that i think my cameras all have enough pixels and they certainly don't have as many as you can get um but uh i think you know it's very subjective at the consumption end isn't it very, i'm gonna go and look i'm gonna go and click on your moriyama link now Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what i mean for me and i'll i'll make the confession is, is that i am attracted to both uh very strongly I'm attracted to making the sharpest picture ever made. Uh, I, I love, especially in landscape, uh, I, I, the more detail, the more uh, I can see, uh, on, certainly on a large uh, a large uh, canvas, shall we say. I, I really do enjoy the kind of detail that I may um, experience and fall into, like when I look at uh, Gursky and look at the detailing of that, and a lot of it is photoshopped, but but also a lot of it is just captured with eight by tens and the likes of that. And and yet, uh, with my own work, I all you know, I'm always balancing like how much gear I want to be moving around, which is the opposite. I want uh, a small. Um, amount of gear to capture the most amount of information. And, you know, I, then I focus a lot on post-production and, and, uh, editing and, and printing. So, uh, the, the more, um, I have to start, the better it is later. And the compromise, because I've 
tried all manner of cameras as my go-to. I've come out, you know, with the system that I like, which is a Leica and Leica glass, which gives me a little more sharpness than I, or a lot more sharpness that I actually need to present, but it is still a small enough package to be able to carry it around and feel very confident in the quality that it's going to deliver me. But having said that, once I get down to it, making the decision to enhance the sharpness for the end result or degrade the image for the end result uh, becomes uh, part of my artistic process. So that's edited. <laughs> so, so that I can get that it's part of the artistic process. Definitely, that I mean that that makes that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's it, it, it and uh, do do I have an equivalent myself? Um, I'm not sure I do. And I guess this goes back to everybody's artistic process is different, doesn't it? Because my 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 uh, artistic process, and I'll put the artistic in air quotes there, um, is, is ten, tends to be, you know, um, fast and, and uh, not, not necessarily untidy, but I am not a pixel peeper. Uh, I, I will. I do make some edits to my images. Uh, I do. Uh, I, I do, especially to find a, you know, to, 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 make sure that they capture a look that I was aiming for. Um, but I'm not really, and I, I do make local adjustments to images, but I don't go nuts and I don't tend to do that on a big screen and I'm not zooming into, you know, hundred percent, you know, pixels or anything like that particularly. So, you know, my, uh, part of that is laziness, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's a lazy, <laughs> work. It's, a, it's a lazy workflow I have, but it's, but it is, um, it is. I do take a fairly lightweight approach. Um, uh, I, I, I guess I. Uh, I guess that's just. It sounds terribly pretentious to say that's who I am as an artist because I'm not really an artist. But yeah, it's 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 not something that I worry about. It's I, I worry more about the content of an image is is the is the composition compelling if it's a portrait uh, you know uh, uh, as the subject got their eyes open and looking at the camera or doing or, or doing the right thing have i got the lighting right that that kind of thing it's it's the um it's it's the global level stuff that i'm looking at really to to try and get right rather than the detail stuff but hey everybody's different so that's cool can I, ask I like the idea of grit just because of, um, you know, I think in my case, it covers up a lot, a multitude of things. So I like the idea that you said of like having that really high quality shot and then being able to degrade it later. I, I tend to yeah. use the grit more as a <laughs> to cover as up. As a cloak. <laughs> you know, yeah, to cover up the, the um, you know, shortcomings of my device. I have two questions to throw out to the group here, which is, how would you uh, say that um, your response to an image uh, is determined by its sharpness or its grit? Okay, let, let me jump in here, because I have often, uh, when when a picture isn't as sharp, when the picture even might hide something in 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 grain, in autofocus areas, in low contrast areas, um, then I typically find it more interesting because it makes me work. It makes me um, imagine what's missing. Whereas a picture that shows everything in total sharpness, yeah, has the tendency to be 
a bit more boring um, from an from from an emotional mm. point of view. It's a bit colder, and, I suppose, is it? Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Uh, we, I, th and, I think and, I'm and, probably similar. I I think it's maybe not that I'm w wondering what's missing, but I I, I have something that is is too sharp or too precise uh generates perhaps a a technical response which which is totally valid I mean, rather than an emotional response yeah. and i think uh, i have a preference oh. for an image to generate an emotional response in me i i think that's mm -hmm. a fantastic uh, analysis of, mm -hmm. of that i think grit is more emotional things hidden in shadows mystery creates a hotter relationship as McLuhan would have said uh, it engages us a little more where the presentational aspect of a large gursky or Ber bertinsky uh, while the subjects are interesting and and they must be in order to captivate us it's really about the subject rather than about the image itself but Are there limits to sharpness that are, uh, as we move towards a, a kind of question about the future of photography here, what are the technical limitations of lens um, capture um, and uh, processing that will reach a, a pinnacle that no longer uh, allows the eye to define any more sharpness uh, going forward? Well, if if that's a technical question, I don't know the answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> the the limits the limits are being redefined as we speak, and not not necessarily because lenses are getting sharper, um, but because with uh, artificial intelligence, with machine learning, there are algorithms out there that will that will pretty much create new things that that the lens couldn't resolve. So they will create structures if you want. They will um, allow you to zoom in almost indefinitely, uh, almost oh, yeah. in infinitely into something because um, because it knows what's supposed to be there and it kind of fills the, in the blanks with what it thinks is right. Y yes, but uh, I'm talking about a, a singular image without the ability to kind of constantly resolve in that... Um, kind of Blade Runner-y way, um, it, it, just looking at a picture, aren't we, don't we reach a plateau where any more sharpness is just not visible anymore? Of course. Mm. Yeah. And, and Clearly, yes. Are we there yet? Mm. Are we there yet? For most cases, I would think yes, because sharpness in the picture is always a function of how uh, how good your eyes are as in how old you are and and <laughs> yeah. um how close you are to the photo and how mm. sharp it's been printed and you know uh, i i leave us with with a little um kind of arabic uh traditional uh saying which is when when um they weave rugs um and and do so with just incredible uh technical Uh, abilities, they always place a, um, a, a thread, call it a pixel, uh, that is flawed, a different color, a different weave, that kind of thing, because they say only Allah is perfect. So they actually, by creating the flaw and placing the flaw within the rug, they acknowledge that humans uh, no longer or do not have the ability to create perfection. I like this. 
I like that. I like it a lot. I, I also aspire to have the level of craft that means that I have to necessarily make mistakes on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You could take, you could take, you could say, no, no, no. I did that on purpose. Yes. Yes. I, I indeed. always say so that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. I, I think this is a perfect way to, to lead us yeah. on to our picks of the week. Um, we've all made a choice of something. So, Imar, why don't we start with you? Uh, mine's very simple, but I thought it was funny just in the context of talking about different lenses. And <laughs> I thought you were going to get really techy on me tonight, but um, you haven't. Uh, it was just an article that I found in um, Picture Methods. It's a, a blog post about um, the camera wars, you know, brand wars within the camera. It's just kind of a tongue in cheek uh, a little article this guy wrote that made me giggle. So, um The link is in the notes. It's worth have, going to have a look at. But, And we um, can all use a giggle right now. Don't That's take it cool. too personally if you're a bit nerdy about your equipment. <laughs> Very cool. Um, Jeremiah, what's your pick? Well, I have uh, I have uh, a few, but of course, uh, the, the links to Moriyama and, and Gursky, uh, just to define uh, what the um, overall subject is. But uh, I also... Um, encourage people to explore something by Topaz Labs called Gigapixel, uh, which is an upscaling app. Um, I've used it, and depend I, I always find it upscales, and it gives you the illusion of a little more um, sharpness, but I have to add grain, and I have to degrade it after, or it just looks a little off. Um, so um, I think I they're doing very I had a question about things. that now. You know my noisy mobile phone images? What would happen yeah. if I tried to run one of those through it? Well, that's what I've used it for. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, I would describe it as being weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> All right. Worth I, the try, maybe. <laughs> All right. I've, I've made a choice um, of a YouTube video of, a, I'd say, a mad scientist. He's not really mad. He's a guy who, who creates very tiny structures using a large format camera. So his goal is to... Uh, to d to downsize something on onto almost like microfilm level, we're talking 20 micron structures. He's doing this with ortho lithofilm with a four by five camera, and and the 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 lengths he goes to um, to get to that result uh, on a tiny piece of glass is just if you, if you're technical minded, it's very mind boggling how. Uh, Yeah, how how deep this thing can go and how much time you can spend in doing that. I found this really interesting. Sounds right up my alley. <laughs> it's it's a it's a great it's a great watch. So if you have time, give it a go. Um and last but not least, Adrian, how are you? What is your choice? My pick of the so my pick of the week is is something that I've I've recently acquired uh, uh, uh but but really wanted for for years and years and years um just because of the fun it looks and it's called a magic arm and and i have to say it really is magic so you have to picture uh, a metal bar uh, uh, in this case it's, it's 11 inches long but it's articulated in the middle um, and it has a uh, a quarter 20 tripod ball head at each end but the magic thing and you can push it and pull it all in all uh, all different directions and the magic thing about it is that just one knob tightens up everything there's about three or four different movements on it and one knob you tighten it up and it all just tightens up and stays there it's great for for placing things like lights and microphones and and all sorts of manner of kit 
um, and I finally finally knuckled down and ordered a couple of them the other day, and uh, they're awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. Can, Very good. Can I can I just <laughs> add uh, something to that? Uh, because w- when you when I saw that, I, I just had to laugh because uh, I've been using something called the Matthew Studio Equipment Micro Grip thing, which is. Basically, it's a complete grip package in the scale of a very, very small, um, utilized, same thing as these arms, but it's a system. Um, and it's absolutely, like I said, or like you said, is it is magic. It's absolutely fantastic. So you'd find it at Matthews, uh, or I think MS Grip. Dot com and, cool. and yeah i would yeah whole set. i mean I, I, I buy things like this occasionally you know and i hadn't bought any for a while and i thought well, you know i've got a few things going on at the moment i could buy one of these and i could buy one of these you know just you know when you're shopping yeah. late at night and you think i'll have one of them i don't know what i'm going to use it for yet, but it's going <laughs> yeah. to be really useful when i get it <laughs> yeah and they, and they are i i like all of that sort of stuff all my right. favorite is the Miniature sandbags that come with it, anyway. Miniature sandbags. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, well, There's miniature sandbags. We'll do our best to put a link in the show notes. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys, for being on the show today. And thanks, everyone who's listening, for being here. We, we wouldn't be anything without the audience. You're amazing. And uh, we'll be back in a week. Uh, until then, if you want to listen to more episodes, you can find them at thefutureofphotography.com. You can find us on Twitter at TFOPNow. Um, Instagram, the same TFOPNow. And uh, I'd be really interested if, if, you're, if you're among the younger age bracket, um, what that whole clarity versus grit thing does to you and what you think about it. So let us know and we'll be back in a week with more. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. 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 You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com Thank you.